Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to The Beer Report, number three on Over the Top Cycling. We're in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. Ben Day is in Breckenridge. Uh, thanks so much for joining us tonight. I know you're slammed and have a very late night going tonight. I'm actually on Broadway coming back into Boulder. I'm going to stay at home tonight before heading up to Loveland tomorrow morning. So I needed to get some more oxygen. I was out of breath too much talking to you last time. Hey, you sound totally normal right now. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> All right. So today was the time trial. Uh, what did you see? What happened? What impressed you? First thing I saw, uh, once again, the amazing Breckenridge crowds. It's always such a well-supported event up there. Any cycling events, which is awesome. Um, And then I saw the inaugural, the first day of the USA Pro Challenge for Women. So that was pretty awesome to see uh, the girls getting a great opportunity to race on uh, very legitimate courses with great organization behind them. And I got to follow behind... Katie Hall from the United Healthcare team, who was one of my athletes, so that was great to, to see her race, and it'll be uh, it, it's good for us to uh, use some of that information that I saw out there today to to help her progress forward with her performances. So, when you're in a follow car, team car, are you able to keep track of everything else that's going on? How does that work? Part of that, so um, it, it's cool. Part of it, I love that 
the sciencey side of it, the technique side of of getting that correct. And it's not you know, it's not just one number that we're looking at. It's a, a lot of different parameters. Now, I want to go back to you being in the car and communicating with your rider. What are you telling her? What kind of information? Time splits? Are you giving her power numbers? And is she actually able to talk with you? No, so she doesn't talk with me. Um, it's okay, thanks. Communication. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, she doesn't. She can't scream out, shut up, midway. So, um, But no, it, we, we discussed sort of power targets and stuff beforehand. Um, and the power meter, um, an article I'm, I'm writing in the car as we drive home now, is just exactly about that. Is, is the power meter is a great tool in order to pace a time trial correctly. Um, so we discuss all that beforehand, but I don't. I want to. I want it to be a gauge for her, because at the same time she needs to be reticent of uh, you know, her perceived exertion of, of how her body feels. So it's not. I'm not going to be there screaming numbers at her the whole time. It's just a time trial. There's no other way to do it. If you want to be competitive, there's no other way to do it than to absolutely leave everything out there. So there's no no holding back. But in saying that. The, the power plans that we talk about, we talk about applying certain powers in different parts of the course depending on terrain, depending on um, you know weather conditions, predominantly wind. So that's that's sort of the information, um, and then a few other little sort of uh, fundamentals that are important to executing a good time trial. But um, I won't bore you with all of those. But yeah, there's there's a lot of little things, little nuances that are important to make sure the rider stays focused on instead of sort of, you know, getting overwhelmed with the exertion of the effort. So it keeps them focused. I would actually like you to bore me to death about uh, time trial nuances, and I see that as a future show for us, not during the Pro Challenge, but uh, one-on-one at a later date. I, I am curious how does the different positioning on a time trial bike affect a rider's power output? Yes, yeah, so sometimes it can negate it. Well, quite often it will negate the power output compared to what they can do on their road bikes. And it's just the very acute angle of the thigh to torso means that it's very difficult to push power out through that position. But it's a whole lot faster. So you've got to find that balance between... Now, you might lose a little bit of power out of it, but if, if it's ultimately the faster position, then that's the way to go. But it's definitely, you can go too far. I see, you know, most often I see athletes who are a little bit too extreme. You know, that they, they dump that lower end, that's always a phrase that I hear. They dump the lower end and then their backs end up like a big arch and it's just catching a lot of wind. It's, it's not the right way to do it. So sometimes... You know, backing off the extreme positions is something that is a lot more sustainable and ultimately a faster position for them. Uh, and it's, aerodynamics are an interesting thing in that it, there are some guidelines that people should be aware of, but um, but it, it changes for everybody, you know, and, and that's why you know, a lot of the top athletes go down and, and use wind tunnels to, to test these positions and, and figure out exactly what it is that works for them. So. Does the switch in position from the road bike, which you've been riding miles and miles and miles on, to going to the time trial bike, I assume not everyone makes that change especially smoothly. 
uh, and then going back to the road bike the next day. I mean, you're out there putting out a tremendous effort on the time trial bike. Does the change in position have a negative effect on anyone? It, it affects a lot of people. Uh, it's important for them to be able to, you know, ride these positions throughout the year. Um, with the athletes that I work with, if, if, if time trialing is something that um, they need to, you know, look at at least on a regular, reasonably regular basis, and we get them to train one to two times a week on a time trial bike. And just being in that position is crucial in order to be able to adapt to it in a way that they can put out better power in that position in the first place. So that's, that's just on a time trial bike. So there's a period of adaptation once you get on a TT bike. Once you get more used to that position, you, you find ways of order, in, in order to apply higher powers, closer powers to what you would on your own bike. Um, but, yeah, if you don't do that and then you're in a tour situation like this, you have a time trial and, yeah, you do your time trial bike and then the next day, for sure, the, the riders can often be um, sore and damaged and, and, you know, not perform well the next day because of that. So you'll often see the riders warm, uh, cooling down on their, their road bikes post-stage, post-time trial, just to sort of get that muscle memory going, turning over again, because the positions are different enough that you, you do notice it. So it's important that they're well habituated with that particular position once they, before they get into the race. Um, but, yeah, there'll be a few guys who get there tomorrow who... Uh, start the stage tomorrow who are like, yep, this is a different bike again. It's something that they need to then get used to. Uh, it doesn't take long, but you know, it, it can be a little bit of a performance crusher first up. Now, I've kept you a little bit over time. Uh, just real quick, what's coming up tomorrow and uh, any insight that you have on that? Yeah, I, uh, I was very lucky to go up and meet the good people of Loveland and Fort Collins who behind the organising committee of that particular stage. Um, each of the stages in the race, they have committees for these stages and they, they design the courses in conjunction with the race uh, and they have a lot of supporters out there. So I got to go up there, talk to the supporters and, and review the, the course with them uh, and then I realised it was something that we really need to see. So Keel and I actually drove it um, last Friday, uh, a week ago now, we drove it just to make sure that we were aware of uh, what to expect out on that stage, and uh, it was great information to see. So, Loveland, out of Loveland, we, we started there a couple of years ago. It was a super, super fast start. Um, maybe that was because of the wind conditions on the day. I'm not sure um, what's in store weather-wise for tomorrow. Um, then there's a lot of roads that are very familiar to me, the Carter Lake area. Uh, Buckhorn Canyon, I've done a few times before, and it's a, a beautiful climb, but it's, it's very pitchy. It's not very steady. There's a part in the middle that, that about three miles long that's, that's steady, um, which suits the climbers, but after that, it's real sort of uh, steep little hills and then little flat sections or little descents. So people aren't really going to find a good rhythm. And then once they think they get to the top of that, they turn right and then they finally make the final ascent up to Risk Canyon and it's about a mile at I'd say a good 12% or so so it's a serious stage um, and that's I think we're still talking 50 or 60 kilometres from the finish so that's the climb they descend down towards Four Collins before they get there they hook uh, south down past the CSU Stadium and then they uh, hit a very steep climb up along the Dam Wall which um, if anyone was watching the race two years ago 
we had some pretty epic crosswinds through that area, so it's uh, always a, a difficult part of the race. They do that loop and then head back into Fort Collins for a sprint finish there. So my expectations are it'll be a reduced group sprint tomorrow. I don't think it'll be a GC day or anything, but I think it's going to be a very tough stage. Uh, so there's not going to be anyone who gets through that one uh, without having to work really hard for it. Ben Day, day-by-day coaching. Always great checking in with you. Look forward to speaking with you tomorrow night. Sounds good. Talk to you then. All right, you've been listening to The Beer Report on Over the Top Cycling in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.